In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Sunday night's game. What went wrong? For the longest time, it seemed like the Capitals were going along and playing very well. If you look at the month of March alone, they went along for a good chunk of it with no regulation losses. And now all of a sudden, it seems like the wheels fell off this team. What went wrong? Then we talk about one team has already clinched a playoff spot. Who is that team? And what do the playoffs look like? And then we will also talk about what do, who do the fans want to see the Capitals play? There's some interesting answers out there. We'll talk about all of that and more next on Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, and welcome into this episode of Locked On Capitals. My name is Dan Homie. I host this show for Locked On Capitals. You can find me on Twitter at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals on Twitter. It's at, it's at Locked On Caps. I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. So the fallout from Sunday night's game continues. Uh, we take a little bit of a closer look at it. We look at what do some of the writers for the Washington Capitals have to say about it? What do some of the players have to say about it? How did this team go from winning almost all the regulation games in March, lose two really big games, big games? They lost against Carolina 6-1 to and they lost Sunday night 5-1. to how did that happen and how do the Washington Capitals fix this problem? It seems like the problems abound. We will talk about that. We will talk about one team has already clinched a spot in the playoffs. Who is that team? Would it be a team that the Capitals could possibly face? And then we will talk about who do, do the fans want the Capitals to play and who do the other teams want to see uh, the Capitals play? There's some interesting answers out there, but to start out tonight, like I say, we will talk about the Capitals game Sunday night, and uh, what went wrong? I mean, I talked about it a little bit in yesterday's podcast, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I, be, I believe there is a bit a cause of concern out there about this Capitals team. They were playing so well uh, last weekend, the weekend before, rather. They won two big games against Buffalo and against New Jersey, but let's be honest, those teams aren't real big opponents for the Washington Capitals. They're kind of lower in the standings. And then they played some bigger names out there, formidable opponents. They lost against Carolina 6-1, to and then they lost to the Wild Sunday night 5-1. to What went wrong? Because let's face it, as we go towards the playoffs, these big-name teams are who the Capitals are going to be facing. And, uh, you know, if this is just a sample size of how they're going to play against bigger opponents, I would be get ready to put your hand on the panic button if you want this Capitals team to go far. What do they need to do? Uh, it seems like the problems abound. They have issues in net. We'll talk about that here. So Alex Ovechkin commenting on this, and this was an article that I read in NBC Sports Washington. They were talking about that. Ovechkin says, we are a good team, Ovechkin said. It's just kind of momentum. Maybe in our mind something's going to happen, but if we want to have success, we can't play like that. Obviously, we knew it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very good opponent that's going to play against us, and obviously the leadership group and all of us have to play better. 
And I think that starts with Alex Ovechkin, doesn't it? I mean, he is the captain of the team, and you often hear about these special meetings that they hold behind closed doors uh, that, you know, they kind of pulls the troops aside and says, hey, guys, what's going on? We got to get back to doing what we know best. I mean, this Capitals team isn't too far removed from winning a Stanley Cup. It was 2018. I know it's 2022. My, how the time flies. But nonetheless, a lot of that nucleus is still on this Washington Capitals team. They have it within them to play well. It's just they need to figure it out. And Peter Laviolette, I know there's already people going like, Peter Laviolette is screwing this team up. You know, one could say maybe he's tinkering with the lines a little bit too much, but I do not think that Peter Laviolette is the problem. If you want to take a look at the game Sunday night, for example, Peter Laviolette did not get two penalties for too many men on the ice. It was one with Johan Larson, who's kind of new to the systems, and I think he was just out of communication. And then the other guy didn't hear that he was getting called off the ice. Nonetheless, they need to fix this issue before Wednesday as they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is they're going to be another big opponent for the Washington Capitals. They currently sit third or tied for second last I checked in their division. So in Tampa Bay, they have a pedigree of winning Stanley Cups. They've won many of them. So the Capitals have got to be ready. Sunday night's game was the second in a row in which the Capitals scored just a single goal as they've now been outscored 11-2 in their last two games, which were against playoff-level competition. Ovechkin added the team had meetings a few days ago where it looked at the types of scoring chances they were creating and determined they were too far from the net to produce anything significant. If you compare to different teams, we have to go to the net better to have more traffic. And we all understand what it takes, especially in the playoffs. He said playoffs is going to be a different game and it's going to be hard. And we just have to go out there and fight through it and find a dirty one. And that's what sometimes it's about. It's finding those dirty goals. But like I talked about in yesterday's podcast is what happened to the physical game of the Washington Capitals for the longest time. They brought such a big physical game. Where did that go? Tom Wilson and uh, Ovechkin and Hathaway and Mantha, all big frames should be finishing their checks into the corner and clearing some people out. And I do not want to be a proponent for fighting, but if the time, you know, if the time is right and it's going to cause a momentum change, then maybe a fight is what is needed to change the tide and stem the tide of the Capitals losing last night. That's what I thought was going to happen for sure. You know, when frustrations were boiling over, I thought that the gloves were going to drop and someone was going to fight. There wasn't a whole lot of fisticuffs out there, and I think that that's probably, you know, kind of by design. They're probably thinking to themselves, one of the last things we want to do is spend more time in the penalty box because we're fighting. I hear that. But, at you know, towards the end of the game there where they were just getting blown away, they didn't really have anything to lose. You know, you look at Dean Evason and some of those other coaches out there that pull their goalie with, you know, 10 or 8 minutes left in the third period. That's what you got to do. It's now or never in those situations, and I don't – I don't feel like the Washington Capitals grasp that. It's now or never, you know, pull the goalie early, mix it up in the corner, do whatever you've got to do because you're not going to win a Stanley Cup playing mediocre hockey. But in their next games, they'll be playing the Lightning, Penguins, Bruins, Flyers, and Maple Leafs. Four of those teams are currently in a playoff spot, and those teams certainly have enough offensive firepower to keep the Capitals on their heels if they're not careful. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. It's going to be a tough schedule for the Capitals ahead. This means that simplifying the team's game might end up being the most complicated thing of all at the moment. That's the thing. That's the same thing that everybody's saying, LaViolette said. You can't say it, but you've got to do it right. You've got to go out there and play north, south, and you've got to deliver that type of game. And so right now we're not doing that, and they need to figure out 
Why is that? Why are they not playing that right kind of hockey? You know, they don't have a lot of time to figure it out. And if you look at it, the schedule and who the teams are playing that I talked about there, the Lightning, a great team. Penguins playing well. Bruins, they're so-so this year. And the Flyers, well, they're not so good. And the Maple Leafs kind of seem to be teetering uh, in their standings as well. I don't know how the Maple Leafs uh, will finish at the end of the season. I know that they were playing better in the beginning of the season than they had goalie issues. But suffice to say that the schedule ahead for the Washington Capitals is going to be a tough one. There's not going to be any easy games in there except for maybe save the Flyers. And, you know, at a certain point, I think that they almost like to play spoiler. They would love nothing more than to knock the Capitals down from where they're at. So the Capitals have got to address it. And like I said, they don't have a lot of time to do it. Um, And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if this Capitals team does not do well now, I think that you're going to see a rebuild for this Capitals team sooner rather than later. Um, You just take a look at the assets that they have on the ice, and if they're not getting a winning formula and these players are getting older, what are they going to do? How are you going to be playing different next year? What pieces are you going to add next year? It seemed like Brian McClellan at the time um, kind of had sound logic. He said that I don't want to pick up any players unless it seems like this team was making any progress. And then they went on a winning streak in the month of March, and he didn't really do anything to rectify the situation. He picked up some depth players in the form of Marcus Johansson, which I know if you're a nostalgic Capitals fan, kind of warms your heart a little bit. And then they picked up Johan Larson, both of players that weren't really headline grabbers, uh, shall we say. It wasn't an Anthony Mantha from the year before. And uh, you take a look at the other teams out there that made big splashing moves. And I know what I've said, you don't want to sell futures. And I stand by that statement, but it just seems like they could have done a little bit more Uh, most notably in net, because what they have right now is inconsistency, and it's starting to show its head in the form of Vitek Vanacek, and then you add Ilya Samsonov to that. Where do the Washington Capitals turn in net? Those are some problems that are going to have to be fixed, and like I say, they don't don't have a lot of time to do it. So when are they going to do that? We're going to have to talk about that in future podcasts. And then the next segment here, we are going to talk about the playoff picture Uh, One team has already clinched it. And uh, what other teams are going to be playing other teams in the playoffs? We will talk about the playoff picture after the break. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Champions odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues in the season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you, Bet Online. In this next segment, before we get going here, If you want to be in the know when it comes to the National Hockey League, you got to head over to Locked On now. Locked On has their team of local experts, which cover every team in the NHL. So be in the know. You don't have to go to the big news outlets. Go to Locked On now, and you'll be in the know when it comes to the Washington Capitals. All right, in this next segment, like I was going to talk about, the NHL playoffs picture 2022 Panthers clinch postseason berth updated standings. This was an article on the Bleacher Report that I read. And uh, the Florida Panthers, good on the Florida Panthers for doing this because they're a team that's kind of been hot and cold, but it seems like they're really in it to win it this year. And uh, they made some big acquisitions. They got Claude Drew among some other players. And um, 
you know, if the Capitals don't do well, it's kind of good to see an underdog do well every once in a while, isn't it? So the Florida Panthers are headed to the Stanley Cup for a third consecutive season. Florida became the first team in the NHL to clinch a spot in the 2022 postseason with a 5-3 and three win over the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday at KeyBank Center. With the win, the Panthers moved to a 48-15-6 and six and extended a commanding lead in the Atlantic Division. Here is what the Atlantic looks like. So, just kind of taking a look at the standings, where they are around the divisions. In the Atlantic Division, the Florida Panthers, like I talked about, are number one, 48, 15, and 16 with 102 points. The Maple Leafs under them with 93 points. And the Capitals' next opponent Wednesday night, the Tampa Bay Lightning with 93 points. In the Metro Division, number one, Carolina, 98 points. The Rangers, 93. Pittsburgh, 92 um, and then you got the teams that are kind of in the hunt, shall we say, the bubble teams, the Washington Capitals and Boston Bruins, the Bruins with 91 points, 43, 20 and five and the Washington Capitals, 37, 21 and 10 with 84 points. Uh, just a quick take a look at the other divisions here. Colorado Avalanche, 104 points, number one in their division, the Wild who the Capitals lost to Sunday night with 89 points. The Blues, 86 points. The Pacific Division in first place, the Flames, 89. The Kings in second place, 86 points. And the Oilers, 83. And then in those divisions, the Wild Card, the Predators with 82, and the Dallas Stars with 81. And I don't think anyone should discount that Dallas Stars team. They seem to have a lot of tenacity and just willingness to want to push things. So just because you take a look at a lot of those teams that are finishing in the top of their division does not necessarily mean that they're going to play well in the playoffs on paper and statistically it would appear that they would but a lot of teams have a different gear once it comes time for the postseason and I don't think that this postseason is going to be any different so I mean you can't discount any of those teams that are uh, wild card teams just like the Capitals the Bruins the Predators the Stars so it's going to be an interesting postseason no doubt the Panthers have spent most of the 21-22 campaign atop the Eastern Conference standings thanks to incredible seasons from Huberdeau, Barkov, and Reinhardt. Huberdeau has posted 97 points, Barkov 72 points, and Reinhardt 65 points. Florida has also received key defensive performances from Mackenzie Wieger, Gustav Forsling, and Brandon Montour. In addition, the team's depth has been one of the best in the league, featuring six players who have tallied at least 20 goals and 11 players who have reached a 30-point mark. The Panthers have never won a title and are hoping to get back to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. Where were all of you in 1996? Think back on that. I was uh, 19 years old, a year out of high school. Oh, such a great time. Where has the time flown by? But, so that's what I'm saying. Good, good on the, the Panthers. Good on the Florida Panthers for doing well. I mean, I know that this is a Washington Capitals podcast, but let's, I mean, I'd like to think that most people that are watching this or listening to this are fans of the NHL in general. And if there's a team that's making their first run since 1996, well, good on them. However, they'll face a difficult path even if they finished with the best record in the Eastern Conference. Despite sitting third in the Atlantic Division, the Tampa Bay Lightning are primed to make a run at their third consecutive title. The Boston Bruins are also shaping up to be one of the best teams in the East, having gone 8-2-0 and in their last 10 games. So that's what I'm talking about. You can't discount any of those teams. The Bruins, it seems like they have a lot of fight in their step either as well rather so 
you can't discount these teams just because they're kind of on the brink. Still, the Panthers have a solid chance to win it all. Their younger players have matured after being eliminated in the first round in each of the last two seasons. In addition, Florida added veteran Claude Giroux in a trade with the Florida, excuse me, Philadelphia Flyers, and his experience should help push the team forward. And kind of good on Claude Giroux. You want to talk about a guy that's been patient with that uh, Flyers team. And the Flyers, you know, statistically have been kind of all over the place. Sometimes they've gone to the Stanley Cup uh, finals. Sometimes they've gone to the playoffs. And sometimes they have seasons like this season where they're just not doing that well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Uh, Who are the Washington Capitals going to face? Are they going to have to play the Hurricanes? Who are they going to have to end up playing? If they are going to end up playing a team like the Hurricanes, that's going to be interesting because how did they play the last game? And I know we can't discount their previous performance, but they've got to address these issues that are facing them right now. They can't wait too long. They can't sit there and, you know, keep tinkering with the lineup and think that that's going to fix it. I think one of the things like I've talked about is they need to figure out who there's going to be their starter in net. You know, it appears as of right now, it's going to be Vitek Vanacek. And I think that, you know, unless they have someone else in tank, like if they call up Fukali, he's going to be your number one. But the number two position is a little bit more undecided. Who are the Washington Capitals going to go with? Um, Like I say, Wednesday is not too far away. It is going to be tomorrow as you listen to this podcast. So they don't have a lot of time to address it. I think what they need to do is have Peter Laviolette and the coaches sit down and just review the tape, see what went wrong. I know that statistically, the Minnesota Wild, when they start from a lead, it's hard to overcome and and beat them just on paper. And statistically, if they have a lead, they rarely give it up. And they prove that again Sunday night. And that's, like I say, that's kind of my cause of concern is it seemed like they were playing so well in the month of March, you know, kind of more the Capitals, the way you remember them playing. And then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. They, they hit Carolina, they hit the Wild, and now they're kind of derailed. And I think they're a little dejected and trying to think to themselves, what are we going to do? Like They don't have a lot of time to think about it and uh, because Wednesday is coming in a hurry. But uh, like I'm saying, good thing, good on the um, Florida Panthers for doing well. Um, they're a team that has struggled you know, quite for quite some time. And look at their point total, 102 points. I mean, you don't get 102 points by accident. Of course, the Colorado Avalanche lead it all with 104 points. And another team that's kind of getting their act together. They have some real A-list players on that team. But, uh, you know, looking at the Minnesota Wild, who they played Sunday night, they have a tough road ahead of them. As I talked with Seth Topol uh, last week, he said that if the Minnesota Wild head to the playoffs, they right now they'd be playing the Blues you know that that would be a physical game for them. So this postseason is going to be most interesting. You know, it's even if the Capitals don't end up doing well in the playoffs, I just think looking at the lineups, it's going to be interesting. Um, Just some uh, teams that, you know, have traditionally not been in there. You know, the Calgary Flames in there, the Kings are making a resurgence and kind of the perennial losers, the Edmonton Oilers, who haven't been really relevant for some time. They're all making these big pushes towards the end. Who is going to reign supreme? Who is going to hoist the Stanley Cup over their head? It's It remains to be seen. I would love to think that it's the Washington Capitals. But like I say, they, they don't have a lot of time to address the issues that they have. And after the break here, we are going to talk a little bit more about what do the fans want? Who do they want the Capitals to face? Who do they want their favorite team to face? We'll talk about who they want after the break. But first, 
we're going to talk to you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com in your pocket. So that's what I'm saying. Who has got time to go to the auto parts store? Why do you want to feel intimidated? Why do you want to feel like they're talking down to you? You don't. That's why you need to go to Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump 353 from a chain store, 216 on Rock Auto. That's simple math. And with the high gas prices out there right now, saving money anywhere you possibly can is ideal. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. That's right. Go to rockauto.com and write the locked in on their how-did-you-hear-about-us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. And thank you very much, Rock Auto, for sponsoring this podcast. So in this final segment, um, there there's an article that I read about there that talked about who do you want your team to play? And uh, in this particular example, it, it was the New York Rangers, and they were asking some of their fans, who would you want to see the New York Rangers play in the playoffs? And some of their answers were the Washington Capitals. If you can believe it, I believe that there is some bad blood out there uh, between the Washington Capitals and uh, the New York Rangers. As a matter of fact, I know there is. And in an interesting thing here, someone wrote, they wanted the New York Rangers to play the Washington Capitals and his in the subject line it said Rangers caps let Reeves built will let Reeves beat Wilson up and maybe this person isn't too much a fan of history as those two have fought before and I got to say I think that Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves is a pretty equal match they're both big frames and they both love to fight let's be honest but Tom Wilson has a leg up on Ryan Reeves as he is a legitimate goal scorer. Ryan Reeves is essentially just the junkyard dog of the New York Rangers. He's the guy, he's the enforcer, he's the brute, he's the intimidator, but he doesn't have a real high skill set. And I mean, I'm not speaking on a turn here. I'm not trying to disparage Ryan Reeves. Go take a look at his stats over the couple of years. It doesn't really add up as Tom Wilson is ever evolving and becoming a legitimate goal scorer and just a more well-rounded hockey player, Ryan Reeves still just continues to be that kind of, you know, I'm going to beat you up, leave me alone kind of person. Um, Like I say, just kind of a junkyard dog out there that's just ready to snap at anyone. So this particular person says, this was one of the most popular answers. To give some background, last year, there was a debacle between the Washington Capitals and New York Rangers that resulted in a three-day news story and a statement from the Rangers calling for the removal of George Peros, the head of the NHL's Department of Player Safety, former New York general manager Jeff Gorton, 
and a team president, John Davidson, were also dismissed from their posts. And though the timing was suspect, it was never clear whether or not the two incidents were related. Either way, it was a lot. During a post while, excuse me, during a post whistle scrum in a late season game, Wilson threw a helmetless Artemi Panarin to the ice and was only fined $500,000, which was incredibly small amount for a repeat offender. And you can kind of see how they're already trying to paint Tom Wilson. Um, if you, you know, I'm not a revisionist when it comes to history. I also remember Artemi Panarin jumping on Tom Wilson's back, kind of almost baiting in, him into it. Like, what are you going to do about it? Well, Tom Wilson showed Artemi Panarin what he was going to do about it, and he cried about it. So guess what, Artemi Panarin? And guess what, New York Rangers? Get over it. Um, I mean, like I say, you play with the bull, you get the horns. You wouldn't walk up to a bear and poke it and expect it not to do anything. So I think in this example, and maybe I'm a bit partial because I am a fan of the Washington Capitals, is that Artemi Panarin should not have jumped on Tom Wilson's back. Case closed. I mean, I don't think there's really anything else to argue about there. I know that they wanted to throw the book at him and probably suspend him for life if you're a Rangers fan. But let's get real, Rangers. That's not the way it is. But the Rangers went out over the summer and got a tougher and got tougher. They're now better able to counter Wilson and Ryan Reeves, and it appears as though New York wants to see some revenge. And uh, that's what that's why they got Ryan Reeves. And I heard it in a couple articles as much in uh, the New York areas. They got Ryan Reeves to take on players like Tom Wilson because the New York Rangers were a team that was uh, on the rebuild and they had great goal scoring and they had some great goaltending, but they didn't have that intimidator out there. Kind of that guy that's going to say, you're not going to take advantage of my rookies. And if you want to fight, you're going to fight me. Well, guess what, Ryan Reeves, you can't play on every line. There's four lines out there and you can't just get called out there to fight. So I think that the New York Rangers need to get some more depth or they need to pick up a player that's also a fighter and a goal scorer um, because to pick up such a one-dimensional player such as Ryan Reeves is a bit ridiculous. I think that that was just them trying to put a Band-Aid on a situation that was kind of um, apparent with them. Wilson has always been an interesting case study because he doesn't have to fight or play dirty. He's a talented top-line winger, and he's extremely well-liked in the Washington locker room. So well-liked, in fact, that some people around the organization have said he could someday become the captain of the Al. Uh, he could be the captain after Alex Ovechkin retires. I've said that on countless occasions, and I believe that's the case. I think that he had a great mentor in the form of Alex Ovechkin, and I definitely could see that. I think that you've seen a maturity uh, in Tom Wilson as he's kind of looked to Alex Ovechkin and how he's carried himself, and what better player to do that with than Alex Ovechkin, who is definitely going in the Hall of Fame in many different regards. But um, yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, in the organization, they liked Tom Wilson because he is a legitimate goal scorer. As it stands right now, he is number three on the Washington Capitals for scoring. Go take a look and see where Ryan Reeves is at. I'll give you a second. Oh, that's right. He's not on there. He's not ranked high on that team at all in goal scoring. So I think that the the Rangers really need to kind of, in the, all of the NHL, need to take a look at Tom Wilson and look at him under a different light. He's not this one-dimensional player, but, I mean, let's be honest. If you do mess with Tom Wilson, he's going to come after you, as he should. I mean, should he just take it, whatever you're chucking in his direction? I really don't think so. But Wilson seems to enjoy fighting. He's an investor in a D.C. area boxing gym called Bash Boxing because he enjoys their boxing cardio interval workouts. And I mean, what's so what's wrong with that? So he likes boxing and he likes cardio. You know, give me a break. Reeves, on the other hand, is very much what you'd expect from an enforcer. He's a bottom six grinder. 
and an excellent fighter. So Tom Wilson, who sometimes is on the top line with Alex Ovechkin, Hall of Famer, Evgeny Kuznetsov or Nick Backstrom, Hall of Famer, and then Tom Wilson uh, oftentimes is on the top line. I know it's been Marcus Johansson as of late, but contrast that with Ryan Reeves, and I think that you're seeing a totally different picture on who these players are. I know that Reeves is a tough guy. No one's going to take that away from him, but he's a very one-dimensional player. The Pittsburgh Penguins have also been guilty of trying to get tough enough to counter Wilson, and it came at the sacrifice of skill in the lineup. But the Rangers have a good balance of skill and toughness, especially since adding Andrew Kopp, Tyler Mott, Frank Vetrano, and Justin Braun at the trade deadline. So it seems like they are were trying to address that need of not being physical enough. Because like I said, um, Ryan Reeves cannot play every line for the Rangers, and he can't take on all the tough guys. But if you listen to Alan May and a lot of the other guys, that toughness, that that dropping the gloves and fighting, that is something that they're trying to push out of the NHL. I don't know if that is the right thing to do, but it, it seems like that's what they're trying to do. Regardless of any fights, this would be an entertaining matchup between two Metropolitan Division teams in very different places. The Rangers are trying to end their rebuild while the Capitals are trying to keep their window of contention open a little bit longer. For what it's worth, Reeves also has been equally cool off ice investment in a beer company, 7-5 Brewing. Maybe they can all grab a stout after the playoffs. And uh, it's just, it never ends with Tom Wilson, no matter what he does, no matter what accolades he gets, no matter what accomplishments he gets, it's, it's never enough. And uh, I mean, like I say, take a look at him. He is the number three on the Washington Capitals. It's Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. And like I say, contrast that with Ryan Reeves. It just seems like they're kind of sore losers and they haven't really got over last year. They're forgetting the fact that Artemi Panarin jumped on Tom Wilson's back. And what did he do? He threw him on the ground as you should get off my back. What are you doing? I'm throwing you to the ground. I'd like to think I would do the same thing in that situation. But uh, I think the whole NHL as a whole needs to kind of take it easy on Tom Wilson a little bit, because if he was just a goon, if he was a, you know, I'm not trying to disparage fourth liner, so I don't want to hear anything, but say Tom Wilson was a fourth liner and uh, he say he didn't have that skill set, say he didn't score all those goals, then maybe you'd have a bit of an argument there. But in the fact that he can score goals, he has a physical game, and he's linked with some great players, Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, who will, both of those players, will end up going to the Hall of Fame. It only seems likely to me that one day Tom Wilson will also go to the Hall of Fame as your future captain of the Washington Capitals. All right, that is this episode of Locked On Capitals. Again, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun hosting this with you guys. If you want to have any comments for the show, hit me up on Twitter. It's DanCaps218 or the Locked On Capitals Twitter page is at Locked On Caps. I look forward to hearing from you. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thanks again for listening and or watching. Go over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. We'd like to get it over 100. It's growing slowly and slowly and slowly. This YouTube thing, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like an old person here, but the YouTube thing is blowing up and it's growing for the Locked On Capitals page as well. I'd really appreciate it. Go over there and hit the subscribe button and watch one of these. Maybe it's a little bit more entertaining than just listening to it. You be the judge. All right, thanks again. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.